0: You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, episode number 50. Can you believe that we have 50 episodes out? That's so cool. And listen to my mic. I got my good mic back, so I I sound good. Yay. I'm slowly starting to work back in Mommy Labor Nurse stuff, coming back from quote-unquote maternity leave from Mommy Labor Nurse stuff. Um, so yeah, expect... You know some changes going on at Mommy Labor Nurse now that I'm going to be back, you know, somewhat full swing. I'm super excited, but anyways, yeah, we have 50 episodes, guys. This is pretty cool. So, in honor of 50 episodes, I thought it would be fun to do uh, 50 questions to get to know Mommy Labor Nurse, Liesl, me. <laughs> and this is not going to take long. We're going to do these rapid fire, okay? This is from Hello, Moonies.com. I got these questions. So <laughs> let's get started. I'm going to do this as fast as I possibly can. Okay, ready, set, go. Name Liesl, age 31, height 5'7". Wait, not going to talk about it because I just had a baby. <laughs> For you named after anyone. Yes, my great grandmother. Favorite lunch meat, uh, ham. If you were another person, would you be friends with you? Yeah, I think so. Do you use sarcasm a lot? Yes. Do you still have your tonsils? Yes. Would you bungee jump? No. (laughs) Favorite cereal? I don't, I don't eat a lot of cereal, but probably like that special K with the strawberries. (laughs) Do you untie your shoes when you take them off? No. And I, i I guess that's kind of weird. Favorite ice cream, strawberry, red or pink, pink. What is the least favorite thing about yourself? Uh, Probably that I have issues with criticism. (laughs) Who do you miss the most? Um, Probably my friend Tara who lives in California. Um, So hi Tara, I miss you. I want you to just move back to North Carolina. (laughs) What color shoes are you wearing? I'm not wearing shoes. What was the last thing you ate? Cottage cheese. What was the last thing you drank? Coffee. I'm drinking it right now. What are you listening to right now? Myself. Talk about myself. Who was the last person you talked to on the phone? I think my mom. Who was the last person you texted? Tiffany and Jenna. Uh, Mountain hideaway or beach house? Beach house. Favorite sport to watch? Football. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Duh. Sweet or salty? Uh, Both. I just like snacks. (laughs) Hair color? Blonde ish blondish eye color brown do you wear contacts or glasses no favorite food oh I want to say watermelon but that's probably not my favorite food I don't know we're gonna go with watermelon last movie you watched I think it was the lion king with Walter (laughs) what color shirt are you wearing right now gray favorite dessert Uh, All of them. I just love dessert. Strength training or cardio? Cardio. Computer or television? Computer, duh, because you can watch television. You can watch TV on your computer. (laughs) What is on your mouse pad? Uh, White flowers. Any tattoos? No. Any piercing? Yes, I have my ears pierced, and I had my belly button pierced at one point, and I just, it's not so nice down there. (laughs) Favorite sound? Uh, Probably my kids laughing. That's pretty, pretty, pretty good sound. Favorite smell? Uh what is my favorite smell? Uh probably like cake. <laughs> All right, we got ten more. Rolling Stones or Beatles? Beatles. What is the farthest you've been away from home? I've been to Israel. That's pretty. That's probably the furthest. Where were you born? Mount Holly, New Jersey. <laughs> Where are you living now? Raleigh, North Carolina. What color is your house? Blue. What color is your car? White. Any pets? No. My dog died at the beginning of this year. Which would you rather do? Wash dishes, mow the lawn, clean the bathroom, or vacuum the house? Vacuum the house. I feel like that. Takes the least amount of time. <laughs> favorite vacation spot? Las Vegas because it is the Disney World for adults. <laughs> and finally, number 50. What is your favorite thing about your career? Um, probably when I get emails, or texts, or comments, or DMs from you guys saying, you know, that you've taken my courses, or you've looked at posts of mine, and you've had like a really awesome birth experience because, because I was able to help you. I just I really like helping people. And I feel like I am able to really help a lot of people doing this. So yeah, that's my favorite thing about my career. All right, so that was 50 things for 50 episodes of the Mommy Labor Nurse podcast. Here's to 100. Maybe we'll do 100. More questions. I don't know. We're do, we'll do something for 100, <laughs> but let's get into today's episode. So, today we are doing a birth story with Madison. And Madison is a former teacher turned stay at home mom after the birth of her first daughter, Everly, in October of 2019. Through her blog, fellow blogger, woohoo, <laughs> through her blog, Little Teacher Wife, she shares posts about marriage, family, and teaching to help make fellow moms' lives a little bit easier. So, Madison came onto the Mommy Labor Nurse podcast today to talk about her positive induction experience with her daughter, Everly. She had a strong desire to deliver naturally without pain medication or an epidural, and she was worried about how an induction might interfere with that plan. Her doctor, you know, had an induction scheduled with her, and she also took my course, which was pretty cool. So she used techniques, you know, for my course and other resources too, and she was able to successfully deliver naturally after a long time, after a long induction, but she was able to do it. So she is going to tell us all about it in this week's episode. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where we firmly believe in the power of education when it comes to giving birth. Tune in each week as we dive into pregnancy-related topics, expert interviews, and a variety of birth stories. As a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not medical advice. Please see MommyLaborNurse.com slash disclaimer for more details. And now, here's your host, educator, registered nurse, and fellow mom, Liesl Teen. Hi, Madison. Welcome to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. Thank you so much for being here
1: today. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah. Can you just start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? Where you're from? What your hobbies are? What you? What the weather's
1: like? All of that good stuff. <laughs> of course. Um, I'm from. My name is Madison. I'm from Alabama, and I was a teacher, and now I'm a stay at home mom to my daughter Everly, who was born in October of 2019.
0: Awesome. I love that name, Everly. That's so pretty. Thank you. (laughs) Awesome. Well, we are doing a birth story today, guys. Um, Madison, you emailed me, I don't know how long ago, a little while ago. um, And we are just going to be talking about Everly's birth today. So I usually like to start and ask people to kind of go back to when you found out you were pregnant with her or, or let listeners know if you had any fertility issues kind of beforehand. So let's go way back to when you kind of were finding out you were pregnant.
1: Okay. It was, so actually December of 2018, mm-hmm. I found out I was pregnant and shortly after miscarried, and we weren't trying for that pregnancy, but it kind of made us realize that maybe we were ready. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so two months later, actually, I found out I was pregnant again. Good. And that, you know, of course, super excited, but also some anxiety going on with, you know, everything that had happened in December. Yeah. And so I would definitely say the first trimester was very nerve wracking, mm-hmm. just trying to get to that. 14 week mark, but then feeling like, Oh, now I'm here and I'm still nervous. So I was just hard, hard, you know, thinking, Oh, it's going to get better. And then I was still struggling with that. But my husband was great at just kind of talking me through everything and getting us through that. And we told some friends right away so they could be praying for us and everything. Um, And really the first trimester was uneventful, which was Great. I was expecting morning sickness. Yeah, (laughs) but didn't have anything of that. Some heartburn hit around 20 weeks, Um, but really the only hurdle I had in my pregnancy, which was kind of a big one, I went to the hospital at 30 weeks, I believe, Mm -hmm. in some severe pain on my, you know, like lower right side. I didn't think it was contractions, so it wasn't quite sure what it was. Um, turns out it was kidney stones, which I've, oh. had, <laughs> I've had them before, and I thought maybe that's what it was. Yeah. And Ugh. so they did an MRI and figured out that it was too big to pass. It was a huge oh, one. No. Oh, no. <laughs> they went in, I think, at 31 weeks and tried to do a surgery, but mm-hmm. with all the, you can't be under anesthesia for too long. Yeah they weren't able to get it. And so I had to spend the rest of the time with a stint in to just try to relieve the pain until I could deliver. Oh, and no, so the last, thing. the last probably eight weeks, I didn't do much of anything. Just yeah. kind of laid around. And so, which is part of the reason at 40 weeks I was ready to deliver.
0: I'm glad. Well, I'm surprised you made it to 40. <laughs> I'm surprised that not at 37 you were like, come on, please. <laughs> yeah, that is rough. I've never, ah, let me find some wood. I've never, not me, knock on wood. I've never had a kidney stone in my life, but I've taken care of plenty of patients. Um, not so many. Pregnant patients, but mm-hmm. when I used to work in the ED, we would get kidney stones all the time, and people would always say, especially women, if you, if it was a you know women say this is worse than labor, Th- this pain <laughs> is worse than labor, like this is so so bad, kidney stones are so so bad, um, and just. Ugh. and there's not a whole lot you can take as far as no. like medication. Yeah, I feel for you. That, that <laughs> sucks. All right. So we got to 40 weeks. So I'm assuming that once we got to 40 weeks, you were like, Hey doc, or Hey midwife, uh, <laughs> can I get my induction please now?
1: <laughs> yeah. So we got to at 39 weeks, my doctor told me that he could induce me, but yeah. knowing that I wanted to try to go as naturally as possible. I thought it was probably better to wait and he was fine with that. But then we got to 40 weeks and I was still less than a centimeter dilated. And so we decided, okay, if by next Monday, the day before 41 weeks, Mm -hmm. I haven't gone into labor, then we'll do an induction. So I was good with that. I felt like we had, you know, gave my body a long time to get there, but right. we weren't really pushing it too much. Um, sure enough, nothing happened that week. And so it never does right when you want it to, right. <laughs> I was like, maybe if we set this induction date, it'll just happen now. <laughs> yeah. No. And so on a Sunday night, so it was October 13th, I went in around 5 PM and they did a Foley bowl at probably about 6 PM when they placed that. And initially just some cramping, not really, I didn't really feel any contractions, but mm-hmm. very uncomfortable feeling. They did give me an Ambien, mm-hmm. which at first they offered that. I was like, no, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. No, I needed it.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, I always, I always encourage people to, I mean, you know say what you want about i used to take ambien like pretty, regular, <laughs> pretty regularly mm-hmm. like even when i was pregnant um because i used to work night shift and i don't need it really anymore but i always encourage I, it's so difficult to rest in the hospital especially like you when you have to come in and place that mm-hmm. Foley bulb kind of the night before it's so difficult to um, rest in the hospital anyways, you know, cause you're just in yes. a different setting and it's not your bed and you know, blah, blah, blah. So I'm mm-hmm. always like, I know you, I know, <laughs> but it's only <laughs> one amp, you know, it's only this very, very low dosage. It's going to help you just maybe, maybe you're not going to completely pass out and sleep, but it's just going to help you rela- relax and rest. So yeah, exactly. it's ambient. I, I try to always encourage
1: people to take that ambient if it's prescribed <laughs> to them. <laughs> I would definitely recommend that. <laughs> so I took that and fell asleep around three. The nurse came in and started the Pitocin, but I barely woke up for that. And then woke up with well, this nurses change shifts at six 30. Mm-hmm. Um, so the new nurse came in and you know introduced herself. I knew she was going to be with me for the whole day, basically. Um, And she, the other nurses had told her I wanted to avoid an epidural. And initially my going natural. Okay. Well, I feel like maybe the nurses are going to think, Oh, you're just a first time mom. You don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Call me when you come to your senses type of thing. Mm -hmm. But she was like, I am completely on board with that. This is my favorite part. I'm going to, you know, we're going to really help you do this if that's what you want to do. So, just right away, I felt at ease with the whole day. Um,
0: That's awesome. And, yeah. And I think it's all, I think it's so dependent on the nurse that you get to. And we're, mm-hmm. I think overall as labor and deliver nurses, like we're trying to uh, change the narrative. Like we're mm-hmm. trying just to be like, Hey, but you know, nurses need to take care of, all different types of patients, like, you know, m- moms who are first-time moms who want to go natural and they
1: need mm-hmm. to know the
0: necessary interventions to do with them and how to talk to them about this and not, you know, right. just to kind of, kind of, you know, brush them off. And then, mm-hmm. you know, on the contrary, like na- natural kind of base nurses need to take care of patients who are like exactly. super gung-ho epidural. So I'm glad mm-hmm. you got a good one though. That was very <laughs> <Yes>. open. <laughs>
1: Um, and so with that, she was like, all right, but if this is what you're going to do, you're not going to lay in bed all day. So let's get up and move around. And so she was able to hook me up to a portable monitor that was also waterproof. Um, and so we got up, I walked around a lap or two, and then had to come back to the room to use the restroom. And right after that, the contractions hit so hard Mm. that. I was like, I don't think I can walk anymore. Yeah. I need to stay in here. So I sat down in a rocking chair and just kind of focused on, I think the TV was on, just stared at the TV and just tried to breathe, yeah. which was proving to be a little bit more difficult at that point. Right. Um, so then the nurse was like, okay, let's try You know, switching it up. We'll get in the shower. And I was able to just kind of go in the shower and be by myself and just relax and be, you know, of course, my husband was there and very supportive. But at that point, I was like, let me just be by myself for a second.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you needed a a break, a breather.
1: (laughs) And so I had contractions, but probably worse than anything was like a constant ache in between my hip bones, like low Mm -hmm. belly that just Mm -hmm. would not go away. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, oh, if that just goes away, it's going to be so much better. Mm -hmm. But who knows if that would be the case or not. I don't know if it was her position, but something was going on there.
0: Probably. Could, could have been a position. Yeah. It sounds like usually so. with that pressure. It's usually
1: positional kind of related. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I probably stayed in the shower for about an hour. My doctor popped his head in the room and was like, you're the cleanest patient I have. And I was like, great. I'll stay in the shower because I feel great. <laughs> That's
0: a funny thing to say,
1: you're super
0: clean. you've been in the shower for so long
1: for an that's hour. Funny. you're fine. I was like yes, <laughs> go away. I don't need you that's funny, and so I think at eleven thirty, which was you know, oh, my water did break on my own, on its own at seven Okay. 7 okay there m. you go that so was, that was good. I was yeah. about five centimeters when that happened, okay um. And so at eleven thirty, right before noon, I was up to seven centimeters. So I was feeling great. I was like, "This is happening so fast, faster than I thought it was going to." Yeah, contractions were getting a little bit more painful, and so I asked them for nitrous oxide. Mm -hmm. And knowing ahead of time that was going to be my first, like, pain management thing that I wanted. Yeah. Um, and so they brought that in there. I ended up loving that. I oh, was good. able to really focus on my breathing and just kind of helping me relax. And I remember from taking the birth it up course that you said something like, it doesn't take the pain away. It just kind of makes you not care about it so much.
0: Right, right. And I would
1: people. 100% agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's
0: kind of weird. It's kind of a weird is. like... Cause you think that, okay, if I'm doing this, it's going to help with the pain, but it really at the end of the day, doesn't, it just right. kind of like, yeah, it really truly just kind of makes you not care as much about the pain. I'm mm-hmm. so glad that was beneficial for you though, because I tried that with my labor and I did not like it at all but I'm that's what I've heard I mean, I've it's, heard it's
1: people love it or they don't
0: yes, yes people love it or people hate it but that's all I mean hey that's great you were able to do
1: do that yeah so yeah like you said it kind of just made me a little loopy so I didn't yeah care so much. yeah
0: yeah no I love it I love it
1: um so about three hours later the nurse checked me and I had Gone to eight centimeters. Good. So at that point, I felt kind of frustrated yeah. because I was like, I went through all of this, and I've just gone a centimeter. Yeah, yeah. Got in the shower again. I think at that point, I definitely hit the transition. Mm-hmm. The monitor on my pitocin started beeping at me, and something happened with my IV, and a different nurse came in, and. I was just like giving her the death glare the entire time because I was like, this, this noise is annoying me. Can you come stop this? Yeah. (laughs) So looking back, that's definitely what it was because I was just in a mood. Yeah.
0: That, hey, that everybody does that. When you go through that, you know, if you don't get epidural, you go natural, um, you go through that transition. It's like, you just kind of, something switches in your brain. You just got a little Mm -hmm. little feistier. (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, so at 3 30, an hour later, the doctor came in to check and I was still at eight centimeters. Yeah. So still frustrated. Yeah. And I just looked at my husband and my mom was in there and just said, like, I need something. Yeah. Anything. Give me some IV pain medication. Give me something. Yeah. Um I knew that eight centimeters was the cutoff. I knew that going into it. I knew yeah. that then, but I was like, oh, they're going to make an exception just for me. Yeah. <laughs> so the nurse came in and she was like, well, let's, you know, I can check you. And if you're still at eight, maybe we can do it. Um. My mom and my husband, knowing that that wasn't really what I wanted, kind of yeah. gently told me, you know, that might make you nauseous. That might, and I was like, I don't care. Like, give yeah. me something. Right. Again. Right. Just very feisty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so my husband's like, well, while there, you know, while we can figure this out, why don't you try the nitrous oxide again? And I was like, it didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I think it did. Let's just try it again. <laughs> Nurse was like, why don't I check the tank? Maybe it emptied out. I'm sure they were just trying to humor me. Yeah, just
0: trying to, put like, <laughs> a, like elongate the
1: process. Yeah. <laughs> so, But they did check the tank, and nurse was like, actually, I think it's empty. And okay. so we'll, re- we'll replace the nitrous, which, at this point, you know, still in transition. Yeah. She switches the tank out. Something spews everywhere. We've got the tank spewing pressurized air out into the room. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ten nurses rushing in. I'm just annoyed beyond belief. But... They got the nitrous working again and probably almost immediately I was like, no, I can do this. Like, I'm okay. Good, good. And so around six o'clock, I I got to 10 centimeters. Yay. And they're like, let's do some practice pushes. Nurse is like, she's going to have a cone head just so you know, Mm -hmm. but we'll start practice pushing. Um, And at that point, my mom left. My mom and my husband's mom had kind of been in there in and out the whole time. And, but we knew that we just wanted it to be us when I started pushing and delivered her. So my mom left and my husband was in there and we, all right, we're about to have a baby. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I didn't really keep an eye on the clock. I wasn't concerned with that, but yeah. my husband was just cause he was, his whole concern the whole time was she's going to end up going this whole time and then have to have a C-section.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so he said he was keeping an eye on the clock, texting people with updates. He was staying up at my head and telling people like, she's still pushing throughout the whole time. The nurses were like, just give us one more. And I remember thinking like, in my rational head, I w- should be mad at you because I know it's not just one more push. But that's helping because it's just a little bit more, like, let me focus on this next contraction. Mm-hmm. And they kept telling me, when we get the doctor in here, it's go time. So I just kept waiting for them to call the doctor in there. Right.
0: That's like, uh, just just let me get to that point. Just let, yes. just let me get to that point. <laughs> I, I totally get that.
1: So it's like 7.30 the doctor came in so after an hour and a half of pushing the doctor came in and he took one look and he's like this is a big baby like you're going to really have to work on this one you're mm-hmm. not pushing good enough <laughs> Aww, boo <laughs> <laughs> which he was like i guess looking at me he knew that would encourage me i don't know
0: yeah, yeah hey maybe I, was
1: like, <laughs> I got this don't worry <laughs> 805 2 hours of pushing yeah she Finally came. Yay. Came out pretty purple. Yeah. Um, just some, you know, kind of being in the birth canal that long. Mm-hmm. My husband apparently thought all babies came out purple, which was probably good because I think he probably would have panicked if he didn't. I mean, they kind
0: of do, but some pink up a little faster than (laughs) yours.
1: Yeah. I was like, no, that's not quite. Um, Some babies come out. But, you know, of course, 15, you know, 15 seconds, probably she was crying and she pinked up soon after that. And as soon as they placed her on my chest, I was was like, none of that pain matters anymore. Like it was all worth it.
0: Right. So, I know. It's like it yeah. just completely immediate. You're like, that sucked. <laughs> and that, yep. that was so that was hard.
1: Awful, but oh but my like,
0: God, oh, done. I feel like superwoman because I did it. <laughs> that is so amazing. So I'm assuming that she was okay. They put yeah, her on, on your chest and she was perfectly fine.
1: Awesome. Did have a cone head. Yeah,
0: sure. I'm sure. Two hours of push in. That's what people um, don't uh, sometimes don't realize is that, yeah, when you push for that long, sometimes there's a huge cone head. Sometimes it's not even just a cone head that is, uh, what's the right word? Vertical or like in the center of your head. Sometimes it's kind of like Mm -hmm. a cone head that's off to the side. If you know, Mm -hmm. maybe it was kind of malpositioned. Um, but yeah, cone heads are very common, especially with first time moms. (laughs) Um, if you, if you go speedy quick and you push a baby out in five minutes, you know, probably baby won't have, won't have too much of a cone, but yeah, cone head bruising sometimes when you're pushing like that. Yeah.
1: She had some bruises Mm -hmm. in her eye that actually stayed for probably about three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Red blood vessels in her eye.
0: That's common. That's very common. Awesome. Well, let me ask you how, I mean, I want to ask you about your recovery with her and I want to ask you about how breastfeeding went. So how was your recovery after delivering now, um, kind of in the hospital and, you know, the next kind of few weeks?
1: Mm -hmm. So, I think, you know, I delivered her at 8.05. I think by 10, we were in the postpartum room. Mm -hmm. I felt if it wasn't 10 p.m., I would have felt good enough to get up and get a shower. So I felt pretty good. Yeah. Um, Did the next morning. But then I started feeling very tired. Mm -hmm. You know, typical is what I thought. Yeah. Turns out they took my blood, like drew my blood and my iron levels were super low. Oh yeah. Um, And so too much
0: at delivery or something, mm -hmm,
1: which they did have to give me a shot of, I'm not sure what it is to stop the bleeding so much, stop me from hemorrhaging. So, I mean, that's what it was. Yeah. But the levels were really low. They came in and wanted to give me a blood transfusion. Mm -hmm. I was like, can we try something else first? You know, I just don't love that idea. Yeah. And they were fine with that. They ended up giving me an iron infusion, which mm-hmm. didn't drop my levels anymore in the next 24 hours and then put me on iron pills to take home with me. And then we did a week follow-up and my levels were fine after that. But I definitely look back at pictures from that day and I was so pale. And yeah, I'm sure. That'll just- take... I mean, even...
0: I tell moms, I mean, if you lose a substantial amount, if you're classified into that postpartum hemorrhage category, it sounds Mm -hmm. like maybe you quite weren't, but, but maybe you were on the cusps. Mm -hmm. Um, you still, I mean, I remember not feeling so great and I definitely didn't have a postpartum hemorrhage. I, I, you know, Mm -hmm. my bleeding was normal, but I just lost blood and Mm -hmm. some people just regenerate blood really fast and some people don't. And it just, yeah, it makes you feel like crap <laughs> if your blood counts are low
1: <laughs> but really other than that so after you know a week after that i felt you know back to normal and i felt fine and yeah i mean obviously it was still going through the, just the normal postpartum recovery yeah. things i did have to have a couple stitches yeah. right after delivery so those healing but other than that, my I felt like my postpartum recovery was pretty straightforward and awesome. better than I expected it to be, which oh, was good. nice.
0: That's a nice thing to hear because I think <laughs> a lot of people it's the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. All right. Well, let's talk about breastfeeding. Tell me how did you plan? First of all, did you plan on breastfeeding? Were you successful? Kind of what? How did that
1: whole journey go? Yeah. So I. Go in, you know, in my pregnancy, I knew that I wanted to try to breastfeed. Yeah, and I think I just kind of assumed it would be easy. My my sister breastfed her babies. My mom breastfed hers. Most yeah. of them without any trouble. Um, but we actually had our first kind of hurdle early on. She mm-hmm. had some trouble latching in the hospital, mm-hmm. and she was born at nine pounds twelve ounces. Oh wow! Which <laughs> 10% of that is almost a pound. And so she almost dropped a pound in the hospital in the first three days. Wow. Yeah, and that's a lot. So, you know, the lactation nurses were a little concerned about that and gave me a nipple shield, mm-hmm. which helped her latch. And so she latched fine with that, which the pediatrician, at her around four days and, my milk came in that day. And then we just kind of seemed like it was getting better from there. And she was definitely gaining weight, but I had to nurse her with that nipple shield. Yeah. And so I had a feeling that maybe something was wrong, like a lip tie or a tongue tie or something. And I asked her pediatrician about it. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I love my pediatrician. Mm -hmm. He said she didn't have one. I still couldn't really shake the feeling that she did, Mm. but kept brushing it off and was like, okay, I'm just being crazy. I'm being paranoid. I've looked at too many internet articles or something. (laughs)
0: Too much Google research.
1: (laughs) But finally, you know, I just was getting annoyed. I don't know if it was more me getting annoyed with the fact I had to use the shield or something, but I just couldn't shake the feeling that something was going on any longer. And so when she was eight weeks old, I got an appointment with a specialist in Birmingham, Alabama. And sure enough, he took one look at her and said, she has a tongue tie and she has an upper tie and a lower lip tie.
0: Wow. It's interesting that the per- first person, maybe, and that goes to show you, like, everybody, like, prov- some providers, I guess, some are more thorough, some are, mm-hmm. some are just can spot things more easily, maybe mm-hmm. is the right word.
1: Mm-hmm. So. And through doing, you know, some different research on it, apparently pediatricians aren't really trained in that, so yeah. they don't, they only really see super obvious ones or, right. um, but yeah, so she had, all those ties. And they did a revision that day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And within a week she was nursing without the shield. Oh, that's great. And, you know, did great with that, did great with that transition. Uh,
0: and how, I forget what you said, how old was she? Like She when was this...
1: two months old when we did that revision. Oh, wow. So you went that long. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. That's a long time. Yeah. 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 But yeah. So after that, she was nursing fine without it. Um, but then at five months old, she had, you know, she got a little mild cold, but I took her to the doctor and turns out she had only gained about two ounces in a month. So from four month appointment to five months. Um, and so the pediatrician wasn't super concerned. He was like, her length is fine. She looks yeah. healthy. She's meeting all her, all her milestones. Yeah obviously we want to monitor this. Um, But at that point, this was just a month ago, I decided to switch to pumping and then Mm -hmm. giving her breast milk in bottles, which Mm -hmm. is actually what we're still doing right now. Yeah. Um, That helped me monitor my milk supply and realized that that was kind of low and got that up and making sure she was getting enough ounces. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, once we started that, she Gained a pound in a month and is back on track and seems to be doing really well with that. has been great about switching to bottles and.
0: Good. Good. That's that awesome.
1: Transition. Well,
0: that's awesome. Yeah. And I was going to say, um, that's a perfectly fine alternative, you know. If you are one of those that is just mm-hmm. having all these struggles with breastfeeding, um, one of my best friends is. She does. She just had her second baby, um, and she did a, did exclusive pumping like for I don't even know how long, eighteen months something mm-hmm. something crazy like that. And then her second one, she tried, you know, to breastfeed, but she had some of the similar um, issues, and she ended up exclusively pumping. And she's like, mm-hmm. I have never been happier. I can just pump and I can just give her a bottle and it's no big deal. And she still gets pressed milk, you know, win, win. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's awesome that you were able to do that. Well, great. Um, thank you so much for sharing all of that. And remind me, how old is she now? would you say? Eight months?
1: No, she is six months today. Actually, Six months.
0: Six months. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of exactly that. That was a great, that was a great story. Um, can you remind listeners if they want to just follow along, see pictures, or just, you know, see where you are on social media?
1: Yes. Uh, my Instagram is at littleteacherwife. Mm-hmm. And I also have a blog at littleteacherwife.com.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely add that in the show notes page for anybody who wants to follow along and check you out. Well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. All right, so that is it for this episode of the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. You probably follow me on Instagram because that's probably where you came from. But if you don't, head over to Instagram and follow me at mommy.labornurse for more. That is certainly where I am most active. I also now have a separate Instagram for just this podcast. So I encourage you to follow my second account at mommy.labornurse.podcast as well if you want podcast updates. Again, that is at mommylabornurse.podcast. As always, you guys know that I also have a website where I have tons of articles all about pregnancy, birth, breastfeeding, newborn stuff, and more at www.mommylabornurse.com. I want to hear more from you on how much you love this episode of the podcast or how you think I can improve. So leave me a comment on one of my pictures, send me a DM, or send me an email with all the love. All right, guys, I will see you same time, same place next week.